Good morning and welcome to you. The Lord be with you. And grace and peace in the name of Christ our Lord as we gather and worship on this Christ the King Sunday. You may notice by way of the bulletin cover we have come to the final Sunday in the church year. It is Christ the King, so we will share and rejoice in that witness that comes to us from Colossians, from the 46th Psalm, from the songs and the music that are before us. We're grateful for your presence here. Thank you for blessing us by sharing in worship at First Church this morning, especially our visitors, our guests. You bless us. We pray this is a blessed time for us all. I remind you again of the registration pads you find in your pews because it does help us know of you sharing in worship at First Church this morning. Helpful as well to be attentive to ministry opportunities as they are before us, the ministry of the Lunch Bunch each Tuesday and Thursday. Also, the invitation to return the Samaritan purse, Samaritan's Purse Christmas Child shoeboxes. If you have not done so, please do that. And a reminder as well that here in the breezeway, you will see an angel tree. If you happen to be downstairs outside the church chapel, you also see an angel tree there. Always a wonderful annual ministry in which we participate at this time of year. So do please be attentive to the angel tree, the opportunities to serve those in need, and of course the registration pad that you'll find there so that we know if you've taken one of the uh, tags from the trees. Also a reminder that we share in the Advent study uh, that will take place again tomorrow evening at 5.30 in the Uptown Ministry Center. Again, we are grateful for your presence here on this Christ the King Sunday. I hope you will be attentive in the season of Advent to many worship opportunities as they are before us, special music assigned to each Sunday, in addition to the opportunity to worship here each Tuesday during Advent, beginning on December the 3rd, we will host a service here at noon involving communion, and I hope it'll be a wonderful spiritual discipline and practice for us during the season of Advent as we prepare to receive Christ our King. I invite us now to prepare to worship God together.
I invite us to stand as we share in our call to worship, which anticipates the scripture we will share from Colossians. Praise to the Father of our Lord Jesus. Who rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Praise to Christ, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. We exalt you as our Lord, for he is before all things, and in him all things hold together.
may be seated. We go to God as we pray, our opening prayer before us. Almighty and merciful God, you break the power of evil and make all things new in your Son, Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. May all in heaven and earth acclaim your glory and never cease to praise you. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.
we proclaim the word of God first as it comes to us from the book of Psalms, the 46th Psalm, which we find is number 780 in the back of our hymnals. We will share this scripture responsibly. We will sing the first response. Jill will play this, the choir will offer this, and then I'll invite us to join in the first response of the 46th Psalm. First we pray. Lord, you speak your life-giving and saving word to us. We are blessed more than we know. We thank you for your word, which nourishes us this day and in each day to come, and for the reminder that you're with us now and always, the life-giving word. In Christ we pray, amen. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city which shall not be moved. God will help it at the dawn of the day. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. God's voice resounds, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has wrought desolations in the earth. Who makes war cease to the end of the earth, breaks the bow, shatters the spear, and burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. And I wish to invite our children to come forward as we share in our children's time. If there are children who would like to do so, if not,
We'll gloss over the Thanksgiving message. <laughs> we share the word of God as it comes to us from Colossians, the first chapter. Verses 11 through 20, we hear the word of our Lord. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This is the word of our Lord. Well, we know now that at First Church in the past year, we have enacted the practice of a hymn sing, that is the singing of extra hymns of your choosing on the fifth Sunday of each month. We may recall that on the most recent fifth Sunday, September 29th, we began the singing, the service with the singing of hymns you requested. This also means you may anticipate such a hymn sing on the next fifth Sunday, December the 29th, so you now have greater reason to come to worship on the Sunday after Christmas. <laughs> it may be there are few matters more important in the life of worship than the matter of our hymns of faith. Few things may generate more praise. Oh, I just loved those hymns today. Few things may generate more questions. Uh, just who chose those hymns today? And as we move into the season of Advent, we also move into a time in which there is always debate regarding the singing of hymns during Advent. You know the debate of which I speak. Do we sing hymns we would name as specific to the season of Advent, that is, hymns speaking to the posture of waiting, watching, preparing? Or will we sing during Advent hymns which, technically speaking, are Christmas hymns? Hymns already celebrating the birth of Jesus, even though we have yet to arrive at Christmas Day. Again, few things are more sensitive in the life of the church than the selection of hymns, all of which is also a reminder, no one ever leaves a service of worship humming the sermon. I suspect that even to mention the topic of hymns brings to mind hymns central to our lives as followers of Jesus. You see, hymns evoke memories, and hymns speak of rituals of faith, and hymns point to our mentors in faith, to so great a cloud of witnesses, the communion of saints. 
Hymns gather around us, events central to our lives as disciples of Jesus. Name a particular hymn, and there is powerful memory associated with it. Yes, even for those of us who too often joke about our supposed inability to sing, we place great significance on our hymns of faith. Just to mention the topic of hymns, I'm sure brings to mind hymns most beloved to us. What hymns might these be? Are they hymns with some age on them? Amazing grace, how great thou art, a mighty fortress? Might they be hymns that are relatively new to us? Come share the Lord. Gather us in. We cannot imagine the practice of our faith this time of worship without the singing of hymns, and we do not wish to think of this faith and worship without the singing of hymns. The truth is, when it comes to expressing the most vital and life-giving foundations of our faith, when there is need to witness to what is most urgent regarding our faith, it appears a hymn may be the best vehicle by which to do this. The scripture before us this morning from Colossians. It is first a hymn. The scripture we share on this final Sunday of the church year, this Christ the King Sunday, is a hymn. Perhaps on this Sunday, only a hymn will do. You see, it is on this Sunday, Christ the King Sunday, we as followers of Jesus make some bold, uncompromising proclamations of faith. We remember that Jesus is Alpha and Omega, the one who stands at the beginning and at the end of our history. We affirm that the one to whom all human history is directed is none other than Jesus. We affirm he has ascended to the right hand of God the Father and he will come again to judge. We affirm Jesus is Lord of all. He is the firstborn of all creation. We affirm that in him all things were created and all things were created through him and for him. We affirm Jesus is before all things and in him all things hold together. We affirm that in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, that in him alone all things are reconciled. This is the witness of this day, of this Christ the King Sunday. This is the witness of the final day of the church year, the day in which we say when all of history completes its course, Jesus alone stands as Lord of all. He is the one to whom all history, all creation is now directed. It's a witness carried to us by a hymn of faith. Scripture, yes, but Scripture which borrows an early hymn from the church, a hymn by which Christ as Lord of all is proclaimed. Now it is true, this scripture from Colossians nowhere identifies itself as a hymn, as hymns in the book of Psalms often identify themselves. 
Still, a closer look at the scripture, a little time spent in a Bible dictionary or commentary, tells us the writer of Colossians takes from the community of faith one of the hymns of faith in order to make this bold affirmation. He is the image of the invisible God. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. A bold affirmation of faith, an affirmation perhaps only a hymn can carry. Now we've mentioned how the book of Psalms is comprised of a multitude of hymns so as to carry our confessions of faith, but we also find this practice in our New Testament. It's a practice in which hymns of the worshiping community are brought into letters written to these communities so as to witness to the Son of God who is Lord of us all. The beginning of the Gospel of John. We hear this and we might wonder, shouldn't we sing that rather than read it? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of all. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There are those times when only a hymn is sufficient to carry, it appears, the good news of Jesus. So it may be with the letter to the Philippians, chapter 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God is highly exalted and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that is the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Sometimes it appears nothing less than a hymn will do so as to witness to the good news of Jesus. No one understands this better than the man named John who shares with us the writing we know as Revelation. Now, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of the writing we know as Revelation. I do know there are all manner of thoughts associated with Revelation, and you could name them as well as I can. A timeline of the future, battle of Armageddon, millennium, identity of the beast, and the like. But oddly, such things matter more to us than they do to John. Because you know what is of greatest importance to John? What is greater than any concern related to the end days or Armageddon or the millennium or the beast? That which is of greater importance to John is the singing of the hymns of faith. Now I know that to mention this is not as sexy as speculation about the end of times and the meaning of 666 and Armageddon and the millennium. Still read Revelation and note how often 
John gathers us within the hymns of the faithful, and they sang a new song, saying, Worthy art thou to take the scroll and to open its seal, for thou wast slain, and by thy blood didst ransom all for God from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and hast made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on earth. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and wonderful are thy deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, O King of the ages. Who shall not fear and glorify thy name, O Lord? For thou alone art holy. All nations shall come and worship thee, for thy judgments have been revealed. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the sound of many waters the sound of mighty thunder peals, crying, Hallelujah. For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory. When speaking of Christ the King, Lord of heaven and earth, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. There are those times when nothing less than a hymn is sufficient to carry the message. We understand why the hymns of faith are so vital to us. A college professor active in his church remembers a colleague of his also active in her church from a few years ago. Though he taught in the religion department and she was a physical education instructor, they were good friends. He remembers seeing her all over campus full of energy, a whistle always hanging from her neck. He also remembers the day she received the shocking diagnosis of cancer. Such a diagnosis and the accompanying treatments meant she would be absent from the classroom for several months. The treatments completed, she received good news of remission. She was able to return to the classroom. Having lost her hair due to her treatment for cancer, she returned to the classroom wearing a wig. She also returned having lost some weight. Her friend, the religion instructor, joked with her about her new appearance. Hey, the wig looks great on you. You should have been wearing it all along. Ha, ha, ha. And for a while, all was well. Again, she seemed to be found all over campus, teaching classes, coaching games, serving as a personal trainer. Then, a loss of energy, along with further loss of weight, indicated the worst. Cancer had returned. A second round of treatments was of little help. Toward the end, as she was kept comfortable in her home, the religion professor, along with other friends, would take turns staying with her during the night. When the end came, the religion professor said, well, of course, there were many tears, a sense of great loss and great grief.
but you should have heard us sing at her funeral. Now thank we all our God. When it comes to confessing, Christ is King. There are those times when nothing other than a hymn will do. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Amen.
We affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. It's number 882 in our hymnals, also before us. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And as we stand, we welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ. I'll invite our ushers to come forward as we worship God with his tithes and our offerings. Let us pray. Lord, your gift to us each day is good news. Your gift to us each day is our daily bread. Your gift to us each day is your word. Through all of this, we are nourished and sustained and inspired. You give to us more than we could ever imagine, and now we return but a portion of these gifts to you with a prayer that they be of glory to you and of blessing to your people. Amen.
who will share in a responsive prayer of thanksgiving as we look forward to the National Day of Thanksgiving this coming Thursday. It is a prayer of thanksgiving in which I will offer the words that are not in bold print, and at the conclusion of those words, those petitions, invite you to offer the response, for these blessings, Lord, we give you thanks. And having shared in this prayer of thanksgiving, we will then pray as Christ has taught us. So with thankful hearts, we go to God in prayer. Lord, you have blessed us as a church over the past year. Through good times and difficult times, we have felt your hand of grace, forgiveness, and healing. Today, as a congregation, we want to publicly express our gratitude to you. We thank you for the leaders among us, for the many in our church who offer their time, energy, and abilities to lead us, both staff and volunteers, seen and unseen. For these blessings, Lord, we give you thanks. We thank you for the children of our congregation. Each time a baby cries or shouts, we are reminded of how much you love them. We also thank you for the young people among us, for the energy and passion they bring us. For these blessings, Lord, we give you thanks. We thank you for many opportunities we have had to serve you, to demonstrate our love for you to our co-workers, our neighbors, our families, and friends. We thank you for the many among us who make possible the ministries of the church. We also thank you for the many who reach out to others in informal ways each week. For these blessings, Lord, we give you thanks. We thank you that even when sickness and loss make our future uncertain, you are with us, strengthening, healing, and encouraging. We thank you that we can be part of the healing process as we help care for one another. We especially thank you for your healing and sustaining touch this past year. We thank you for friendship. We thank you for the many times we have enjoyed each other's company over meals in times of recreation and service and in smaller groups. For these blessings, Lord, we give you thanks. Indeed, Lord, you have blessed us. We have been blessed materially, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. As we look back over this past year, we realize that we have much for which to be grateful. We humbly receive the gifts you have given us, knowing that you are the giver of all good things. And so together we say, For these blessings, Lord, we give you thanks. And we pray as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
thank you, David and Greg and our entire choir. And we go now as those who are gathered within the loving embrace of the one who is Alpha and Omega and the one who is Lord of all, the one who is to be praised by every tongue, the one before whom every knee shall bow. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. 